0: This is Joan Boney speaking. We're going to look at passages of Scripture in Acts chapter 7 and Hebrews chapter 11 concerning Moses. Stephen was giving this testimony. They were going to kill Stephen, but he spoke of the patriarchs. And as he spoke of Moses, he said, Acts chapter 7, verse 17, But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose, which knew not Joseph. And from that point on, The Hebrews were slaves, and they suffered great hardships. They called it, they served the Egyptians with rigor. Rigor. Verse 18. Another king arose which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred. And evil entreated our fathers. So that they cast out their young children to the end that they might not live. In which time Moses was born, and was exceeding fair, and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for her own son. And when he was full forty years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust Moses away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Well, God had. Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Verse 29, Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. Now look at Hebrews 11, for they speak of Moses and his faith. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was the proper Child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Their faith was in God. They weren't afraid. The parents were not afraid. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I always thought that was so wonderful. All the years that I've read this section of Scripture, the many times I've read it, I always thought this was so wonderful. Choosing rather than enjoying the pleasures of sin for a season, he chose to go the opposite way Suffering affliction with the people of God, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Do you see him who is invisible? Or is the only thing you can see this world and your relatives? He, Moses, saw him who is invisible, God. Joseph saw God. When Pontifer's wife wanted to have sex with him, Joseph said, how can I do this wickedness against God? Moses, through faith, he kept the Passover. The Passover, the angel of the Lord would come to Egypt and kill all the firstborn of everyone unless the blood was over the doorpost of the house. They could not leave the house for the angel might kill them along with the world. They had to stay in the house under the blood. Same thing today. We stay in the scriptures by faith, believing the word of God under the blood of Jesus. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Now, there's some church people today that just go out there among unbelievers and think nothing of it. I I couldn't even do that from the time I was born again. I had nothing in common with the unbelievers after I was born again. God changed my heart so strongly, gave me a new spirit, and I had nothing in common. Pam Paget tells me that was her problem, too. She had nothing in common any longer with her relatives. And it, she said it was so boring out there with them. Well, I feel exactly the same way. Only ones I wanted to be with after I was born again were the church. Yet some just seemed to go through some kind of form over the church and run around with all these unbelieving relatives. It pleases them. I've seen really bad things happen to people who did that. We had a member of our church group. Her name was Linda Moore. She lived in Minnesota. She was younger than I, about 20 years probably. And Linda got a horrible disease. The person she chose to go live with was the meanest woman I have ever seen. How could this happen? She went to live with her sister in Texas. I spoke several times with Linda before she died. spoke by phone. And Linda once told me, said, my sister said my friends can come visit me. But I lived 600 miles from where Linda lived, in Texas, though I was living in Texas also. Texas is big. But I talked with her by phone frequently. I talked with her one night, and Linda said, I'm going to have to go. I said, fine. And she, I guess, got sick, and we had to terminate the phone call. The next day, when I called, her sister answered, and her sister was so mean. I said, could I speak with Linda? And she said, no. And I said, well, where is Linda? And she said, I don't know. She died last night. And she said, now, this is a private thing. This funeral is private. You cannot come. Well, I hadn't planned to go. Funerals don't interest me. I'm interested in the living. This was the meanest woman I have ever encountered in my entire life. And yet Linda chose to go there and live. We would have taken her in. Pam would have taken her in. How can you do this? How can you go live with these people? I can't understand it. For 20 years or more, I prayed concerning a woman in our own church group. She was so much trouble and every time she talked, she was so twisted and I spent days trying to straighten her out and I would get engulfed. It would take three or four days for me to get where I could make recordings or do the work of God again. After speaking to this woman, she was so twisted. And so many times I prayed the same thing over this woman, though she was in our church group. I told God, I said, if I ever get to where I can't take care of myself, please don't ever put this woman in charge of me. Please don't ever do it. And here they go with these people. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how you live with unbelievers like that. I just don't understand it. And fortunately, not just fortunately, I mean, I've turned to God and said, I don't want them in charge of me, even though they were in my own church group. And God put me with a true believer, Pam Patrick, one who could follow the spirit of God. I don't know if it's just a situation where your flesh settles for the other I just couldn't stand it, but I've been that way since I was born again. Some Baptist women said, don't put away your worldly friends. I know what they were thinking. They thought, well, you might lead them to Christ. No, 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 they'll lead me away, and I knew it. My mother had a dream of me. I came to see her, and I was driving this Huge white van, and I would just out there walking around it, watching the van, keeping an eye on it, being sure it was okay. I had a problem recently with a church woman. After I had this problem about a month ago with this woman, that's one of our church members, I saw a vision of that white van. It was like someone had taken a screwdriver. And had just dug it into one end of the white van and scraped all the way down the side, damaging the van. Well, the white van is the ministry, damaging the ministry. And sure enough, during that period of time when we were having trouble, I really got to where I couldn't make recordings, I couldn't do the work of the ministry and strive to get this woman back to. The example's in the Bible instead of her own emotion. I couldn't do the work of the ministry. And with the other woman who was in our church group, I couldn't do the work of the ministry after speaking with her. It was so twisted. They affect me. And it takes time for me to recover. It's like a person being injured. And you have to have time to get well. Well, that's what I run into with people who say they're Christians, but they don't really believe. My cousin was like that, Church of Christ cousin, and she did her best to try to get me to stop the work of the ministry. She didn't know any better. I'm sure she's dead now. I've often prayed that God not hold that against her, what she did to me and trying to stop me from doing the ministry. She didn't know any better. In the Church of Christ, they were taught things that would cause her to try to save me by stopping me from speaking to the church when I am appointed by God to speak to the church. But they wouldn't believe that in the doctrines she had been taught at church. But I couldn't live with an unbeliever. I couldn't live around unbelievers. I would rather be totally alone than live with an unbeliever. And I've seen horrible things happen because people tried to live with unbelievers and around unbelievers. Well, God can make anything happen, but it couldn't happen to me. I couldn't do it. And one thing else, we've got an example of Balaam, who was a prophet, I guess, a prophet of God. And the king called Balaam to get him to curse the people of God. Balaam wanted the great reward the king would give. At the end of his life, Balaam was with the enemies of God, at the end of his life. Joshua was sent in to war against those enemies of God, whatever their name was. He was sent in to war against them. Balaam was with the enemy as their friends, and he was killed in the battle where Joshua was fighting against the enemies of God. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times where someone who probably was of God somehow went off and lived with the enemies of God. You can sort through that yourself. I couldn't do it. And in this example of Moses, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them, the children of Israel. If they left their house, they were going to be destroyed by the angel of God. They had to stay in their house where the blood was on the doorpost of the house and the angel of death passed over their house as he was killing the others. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today. The music that we are playing for you next is Beethoven's Symphony No. 2, Movement No. 1, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra of London. Sir Thomas Beecham was the conductor, and this was in 1957. This recording is from 1957 in London.